Hey, mate. Hello. Hi there, how are you? I'm good. Brilliant. I'm especially good, thanks for asking. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> this is episode one of My Beautiful Dark Listed Fantasy. Let's Your go. hosts, Dan. And Alex. Let's go. And just so if you didn't know, which you wouldn't, go listen to the intro pod. This is a podcast about two music enthusiasts, myself and Alex, who are going down Rolling Stone's top 100 albums of all time, which... We don't agree with a lot of it. We really don't. Like, some of it's great. Some of it is pretty poor. Some of it we really... Yeah, I'll go with that. Some of it we really don't know very much about, so we're just kind of curious. We're just going to go down it, rank it how we feel it should be ranked. Yeah, basically. And, uh... Rolling Stone, they chat a lot, you know, they think it's good, they know what they're talking about, but they don't, because we've looked at it, we see Taylor Swift on there, we see others that perhaps we don't think deserve to be in the top 100 of all time, but anyway, this is episode one, and we're kicking off with 100 music from Big Pink by the band. The band. Let's get into it. Right, disclaimer, it's a bit of a big one, we had honestly, probably pretty poorly, never had heard of the band, had we? No, we. I well, I definitely hadn't. I, I hadn't literally met. had no idea who they were. But then um, we kind of got we got we got a bit of a shock when we just when we found out how respected they are in the industry, especially in, in rock music. Like Scorsese has made two films about them. He absolutely loves them. Yeah, Eric Clapton. One. Yeah, yeah. How do you find that? Talk about it later. Okay, we'll get on to it. Um, Eric Clapton credits them for the reason he left Cream. You know, th- these guys have some weight. Harrison from the Beatles. Yeah. Ringo. Idolized them, played with them. Yeah, and, we, and we, we all, you know, when, Re- when Ringo Starr idolizes a band, you have to listen to them because, you know, <laughs> Ringo's one of the most... I mean, I saw him in the film. He was playing drums. He, he was horrific. I, yeah. I think yeah. I could have played him better. He must have been on some sort of narcotics because if he wasn't, I pray for him as a man. I pray for his family. Because he's, watching that back was he's laughing awful. now. He's laughing um, because <laughs> he's got he's, the money. He's got the money. Um, probably had sex a lot. Yeah, probably, mate. Yeah, probably. Um, he's just a lucky bloke. Shout he's, out, he's Ringo. Shout out Ringo on that. I take it all. Shout back, out Ringo's lid. You know, well. if you want to come on the pod, it's at my beautiful dark list of fantasy Ringo. Hit us up. We'd have you on. Talk about yeah, yeah. your playing style. Was it purposely <laughs> bad? You know, these are questions. I'd actually, I'd actually like to get. Uh, ringer one for maybe a Beyonce episode or like 100%. something that maybe he doesn't quite click with. Yep, I like to like hear his us opinion with the on band. Like us with most <laughs> of it. Like us with most of the um, most of the list, Shocking. but mainly the band. Um, so I think we'll kick off with some background about the band, shall we? Uh, yeah. Uh, also, a slight disclaimer. Look, yeah, go ahead. You might th- you might know us. You might know us. You might not. People say Dan, Alex. Look, you want to do a podcast because you want bitches. You want money. Yeah. No, put that aside. We're here for the music. We're we're, here yeah, we're here for purely for the music. You know, and if if we do end up on, let's say, BBC Three, Top 50, World Cup goals, <laughs> as like a sort of celeb go-to, yeah. I won't complain. I'll take the check. When you see me, so you, Dan, you. Anton Ferdinand, uh, and one of the Lil Mix in 30 years. Casper Lee. Casper Lee yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you know those types. Sat behind reviewing Crouch's robot celebration, then you'll know that we have sold out finally. <laughs> um, we've made it. And we've made it. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, some intro, some intro yeah. on this on this album. This is a '68 um, album. Yeah, fresh out of the late '60s. We've got members: Danko, Robbie Robertson, Richard Manuel, um, Garth Crooks. Oh no, not Garth Crooks. 
Uh, that's a BBC. Uh, just, yeah, just yeah, a quick, quick disclaimer on that one. We do Garth know who they Crooks. are. Garth Crooks is not in the band. We're just going to fact check, fact check that one. Uh, it's too Garth late to Crooks restart. is on Match of the Day. Um, too who? many football references in the too. first five minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. oh, in five first five minutes of this pod. Um, anyway, he, yeah, this this album is is it's from the Big Pink. It literally was written in a house that was called the Big Pink, which is it a, was it pink, was, funnily enough. It was yeah, it was large and it was uh, it was a large pink house in Woodstock and um, basically Bob Dylan who, who? Uh, the band supported they were the backup band who lovely yep to the band they, they were the backup band to Dylan yeah and throughout uh, the 60s when he was killing it on the scene yeah rocking selling out you know they were his backup band obviously talented musicians but they'd never really done anything solo had they no they people hadn't, actually then, had asked them do you want to go solo um, but <laughs> just cut Alex off. Uh, he gave me a look, and <laughs> um, so they didn't know they 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 thought of different names to call themselves. I think the Honkies was one. The Crackers, the Crackers, yeah, of sort of takes yeah. on white people. I think they were funny like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, they settled yeah, on you the said band. That. that was the most deadpan delivery of a of a funny joke you know, <laughs> from from the band. Um, um, yeah, and they settled on the band. What's your opinion on that? The band, like, it's very pretentious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, if anyone came out with that that name today, then they would certainly get a lot of critique. I think what? I, I, yeah, I mean, the band. Mate. Who are you? Well, we found out. <laughs> we, we found out, and what we discovered was one word underwhelming. Um, well, you know, well, let's well, not get into yeah, it. Yeah, well, let's not get into it yet. We haven't actually spoke about our opinions on this yet, but it looks like we're already sort of in tune um, with how we feel. Yeah, uh, we're going into this blind. So we I haven't said what I think. He hasn't told me what he thinks. That's what the podcast's for. It's a medium of thought, a medium of expression. We might laugh, we might cry. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. I mean if we cry, that's views. Yeah, hundred percent. Um Um TikTok's coming. Yeah, TikTok's uh, Instagram. on its way. Instagram is on its way. And TikTok. I'll say the email again, my beautiful dark listed fantasy at gmail.com. Same name for TikTok account and Instagram. So hit us up there. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be lots of like, you know, six second clips of us reacting to music on TikTok. Um, there may even maybe we fake. may even th- th- throw maybe in a real. few trends. Um, <laughs> and we are also looking for collabs with larger TikTok artists. So artists. 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 There's Liam Payne, Demelio, <laughs> you're out the there. The Demelios are out there. Yeah. Um, They've recovered from their cancellation. And yeah, they got cancelled. stuff. Oh. And we'll move and on. And you are cancelled already. <laughs> already. Um... Right, yeah, so... Right, can we go into the context now? Can we actually go we into can. the context? Of course we can. So this... You, you hit us with some context. Right. The band. Bob Dylan's backup band. Their support... Well, the, the ones that supported Dylan on tour. They decided that they wanted to record something by themselves, but they never really found the opportunity because, obviously, Dylan was huge. Busy I mean, they were doing everything. Busy band. Him. They were very busy. And um, in 68, Dylan had a motorcycle crash. Um, and he ended up um, hitting the deck was he right? pretty hard. He he was okay. okay. He was okay, but it, it kept him out for a while. Um, and so the band was formed because they got together and they were like, right, we've got some time now to make an album. So they bought this little house. Big, well, big pink. Big uh, and they big shackled house. up while Dylan was in rehab and they produced the basement tapes with Dylan. Also another revered um, set of music. Set of music. <laughs> Right. Okay. We got we got the sequel lined up. It's <laughs> it's Rolling Stones' Top 100 sets of music. Fuck's sake. 
Um, and obviously music from Big Pink. And the common perspective of this album is it sort of represented a sobering up from the acid rock and psychedelic movement of the 60s that was sort of saturating the rock, the rock, um, the rock market. Sounds Uber. like, uh, yeah, it's just people like Santana, Hendrix, you know, yeah. really like, uh, <coughs> what was that? We'll move on. People like that. <laughs> they, um, they, were, they represented a different sound. It was kind of refreshing for the time. And it shone through, it struck through, it struck a chord with people. They were like, this is real music, this is real rock. It's an amalgamate, it was an amalgamation of different genres, all the way dating back to like the sort of twee country rock of the 50s, even earlier pop rock from the 40s, bling era, Elvis, you've got Sinatra in there, you've got everyone in there. A lot of bluesy everything. stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, like, like nice stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it, was a, it was basically a smorgasbord of rock. And I've not heard that term. Well, I just said it. And you know, it's different, different, different genres coming together for an epic album that Rolling Stone have actually placed 100th best of all time. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is considered to be one of the best rock albums of all time. I'm gonna go with my first impressions yeah, on hit this. Me. Hit me. It's not the best rock album of all time. Um, <laughs> now I'm not I'm not educated on rock. I'm telling you that now. Um, is it top one hundred? Would you find me listening to this? Would you find? Would, would you go near this with the barge pole, mate? I wouldn't touch this. I wouldn't touch. <laughs> I know this. You if, would. if I wasn't doing it for the for the podcast, I would not have listened to this album. And I would it, like if I was peering over your shoulder, Dan. Um, you know, in the library, and as you, you know, I was I was checking what you were listening to, as you bought up your Spotify. If I saw this, I would be in I would be in a state of shock. Well, this is something maybe that I neither would put of us it on would because I'd want people to think I was listening to it. But would I want to? No. Are the band considered to be cool? Are they, I mean, uh, no. You know, my dad listened to them occasionally. Mm. Would, you, would you? Yeah. Would you consider pretty, your dad to be cool as well? I yeah. think it was pretty cool. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, we wouldn't. Uh, my first impressions is I sort of had a D Dylan phase. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy music like that. I enjoy soft rock, sort of classic rock as well in the seventies, sixties less so. I listened to a bit of Hendrix, amazing tune by um, Devlin and Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> that, along the Watchtower. That early along 60s? the Watchtower, I think Hendrix covered it. Uh, oh, did he cover it? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that's the case. Um, Ed Sheeran is. I think Jimi Hendrix has often said Ed Sheeran is one of his greatest um, uh, inspirations. Inspirations, I know, 100%. I can understand why. Probably the bands too. Yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised. So that's our first impressions. Not got a lot of hopes. Not because not because we don't think they're going to be good. Just It's not the type of music we normally listen to, is it? No, it's not. And and it was a bit of a baptism of fire for the first episode of this podcast. We yeah. both felt like this was a real tough one to, to start with. But that's what this pod is about, mate. That's what it's about. That's, that's what, what it's that's about. That's why you should tune in every week. And maybe give something to our Patreon, which we haven't set up yet, but I've just thought of it. We'll get into yeah, that Note that down. I've got to sort that out tonight. Right, so let's start with the cover art. Right. Let's look at that. Give a bit of background on it. What do we think of it? Um, paint by number. <laughs> um, it's Bob Dylan who did this. Um, he bought a set from a small shop in Woodstock. Wilco? Oh, was it Woodstock? Yeah. No. yeah in <laughs> Wilco. About 30 uh, years off there. Yeah, so it's quite, if you look at the cover art, it's quite cool. It's it's a sort of a freehand painting of all the members um, in different positions around the field, playing different instruments in sort of odd fashions. Mm. Um, one of them is a man leaning over the piano from the back, playing the keys sort of reverse. Um, there's an elephant slash mammoth in the corner. I blame that on Dylan's poor, poor artistry, <laughs> to be honest. I can't tell what it is. He can't be good at everything. Like, 
<laughs> he was a great songwriter, but I mean, I I did stuff like this um, in my career as an artist in like late year six, early year seven. Okay, uh, yeah, that generous. yeah, like generous, generous, very generous. I mean, obviously, it's very impressionistic. I'm I'm joking about it here. It is very impressionistic. I like it, honestly. It's something a bit different. I think it's cool, especially that Dylan drew it, which is that's bonus points for coolness. Yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just lucky, you know. They just. I'll, I won't forget it. You know? Yeah, no, I won't. I won't either. I'll always remember it. Maybe it's because I had to listen to this album. Several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To fully understand it. But uh, <laughs> other than that, you, you have anything else on it? No, I, yeah. I'm, Any I got some lore on it, yeah. I think, um, obviously, Dylan drew the cover, but they, Capital, which was the label at the time for the band, they suits. wanted um, yeah, the suits in their suit and ties. They basically just wanted the band to take a, a, a band.jpg photo. Which is just a, just a standard JPEG images. Yeah, just a standard uh, Getty image um, yeah. of the band, or you know, in like color photo of them all looking cool in a yeah, field. Of course they did. You know, just the standard photo, Makes which was sick. all the rage. Makes, Makes me, me sick. sick. Yeah. Makes me sick. <laughs> and you know, the band who were clearly one of the most pretentious bands around at the time. With Absolutely like slating them here. They were like, no, Again, I'm not. Again, if we're that. upsetting yeah, you, so, yeah. email. At my beautiful dynasty fantasy yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, they, they were basically like, we want something different. Um, and so they got Dylan to uh, do the, the cover up. And they also asked the label if they could find the worst photographer possible um, for the liner Reams notes and for everything pretentious. else. Yeah. And so they've just got these like really like off kilter um, black and white photos you of them. On their second album. Yeah. 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 You can. Um, them and. All of their their family, their kin, as they call it in the liner notes, uh, all just like um, no no description to it. It's just pictures of them and their family uh, inside, which would have been probably used by any other band at the time as the actual cover up. But they broke the bloody mold. Yeah, they broke the mold. Shout They're the going band. against the grain. They needed a shout out from Dan Isles from Shrewsbury. They just got it. Yeah, are there, are there any members still knocking about? Yes. Well, I mean, if you are a member of the band, and you <laughs> no. feel like you have been sorely um, misunderstood or mistreated <laughs> on this episode so far, please call in. Because uh, we'd love to... Alec, where were they going to call in? Uh, talk sport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God. Right, let's crack on. Yeah, let's crack on. <laughs> to crack on. Track one, the intro track, Tears of Rage. Tears of Rage. That's Purple yeah, Rain. Yeah, that's Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Yeah, um, that's, number, that's further up the list. Song, uh, wrong artist. So for my notes on this one, I've got one for the boomers, yeah. uh, which the lyrics was, I'll get into lyrics in a bit. So, so uh, for me, strong intro, mm. lovely guitar solo to kick things off straight away. You know where you are. You're in a rock, you're in a rock album and you're with the band. You're on a journey. I love the solo. It's sort of the screams like prong of pain along with the lyrics, tears of rage. Then they turn that solo into the riff, the lead riff of the song, loop it becomes the song. It's amazing. Really clever. Um, sits with me well. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, just for me, I wish there were more solos like it on the album. I can think of maybe one more, maybe on Wheels of Fire. Um, and I think on Caledonia Mission, there's a decent guitar riff. But there was not enough for me. I wish I'd seen more of it because it really, really um, it's hit, with me. It hit me. It struck with me. It struck a chord. It struck a chord with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. such a lead. Um, was, that, was, was that intentional? Maybe. Fuck. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so as I said before, one for the boomers. The lyrics, so that the song depicts a man on Independence Day holding his baby daughter, staring up at the sky, the fireworks, 
Um, and he's sort of talking to her and anyone else, maybe to the world, to the night, saying, this, he repeats the line, why must I always be the thief? And I think what that means is, it's he's speaking from an older generation, speaking to younger generations. Why must they always be the villain? Why must they always be the bad guy? And I think he's, at the time in 68, um, that was a time where there was a disparity between generations, a frustration between, I mean, you can talk about that. What, do you see that? Yeah, there was, um, there, was a, there was a difficulty in families during that time whereby there was, obviously it was the free love movement and a lot of taboo things um, that hadn't really been discussed or hadn't really been talked about before were now, you know, coming into rhetoric and, you know, people were, people were talking about things that their, their parents had never talked about before. Um, and, uh, and it created a sort of disparity between, um, the two generations. And I feel like this, this is my favorite track on the album. I'm Ooh, dropping that in there now. Okay. And it set up the album for, you know, I was like, this is actually going to be a, a decent listen. Yeah. It's also, um, it resonates today, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those songs that will resonate no matter what. With the boomers, especially. With the boomers. Yeah, for Why sure. Why must I always be the thief? Because you're racist. Was that Brexit? Yeah, we that was an actual um, sample from the tune. <laughs> um, greenhouse gases. That's yeah. why. So stop yeah. crying. Uh, <laughs> fucked us. Um, but I mean, yeah, it'll be I us mean, soon, won't it? It will. We we'll be pulled up for things you know that we shouldn't have done when we were younger, when we were growing up. Those double Big Macs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Few too many of them for you. Recently, no, I'm joking. Wow, well, you've, you've really hurt my feelings. And we'll, right, can we'll, we can we turn this podcast off? <laughs> no, no, mate, please there goes, there we'll keep the, going. There goes the chemistry. Um, no, um, I really liked the um, I really liked this track. I really liked the Dylan. lyrics. Yeah, it was it was it was clearly co-written by Dylan, who's one of the best lyricists of all Go. time, and he really encapsulated that sort of generational generational disparity between um, the father and the daughter. Um, who are the main characters in this. Yeah. Um, and I also just felt the lyrics and the music really, they really blended well, you know. Yeah, of course. It, yeah. It, it really reflected the tone of the song, the tone of the lyrics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a great start. So I'm, this is my favorite track on the album. And from here, it You're was just that. downhill. It's uh, a segment yeah, for the well, end. No, it's know. important. It's important because this was a, a, a brilliant track. And then I agree. the track following is... Which is um, I, I can't even remember the name of it. It's the, it's is that. it spelt F I double L E R? Oh, uh, it could be. Yeah, it's absolute filler. <laughs> it's filler. It's um, ass. Yeah, it is um, to Kingdom Come. And Dan, I'd like you to maybe hum to me a bit of to Kingdom Come because I've listened to that track to probably you. six, seven, eight times, and <laughs> can't remember. I can't it. remember anything about it. It is so uninteresting it's as so a track. Poor. Okay, it's about religion. Yeah, well done, band. You're cool. Um, oh God, the, oh, <laughs> really set the um, bar on this one. Yeah, on my notes here, I've just got double clicking my AirPods with this one <laughs> um, because I will not be listening to it. Uh, I did sit through it. And I thought, yeah, okay. So they clearly talk about religion a lot. It reminded me, it took me back to when I watched The Last Waltz, which is a film by Scorsese. Yeah. Um, which, halfway through their final level performance, some bloke, probably very famous, comes out. <laughs> and some he, bloke. Some bloke. Was uh, it Garth Crooks? <laughs> <laughs> it was Casper Lee. And he came <laughs> out and he, he read the Lord's Prayer. Um, but it, instead, of, um, instead of the exact lyrics you could see yeah he didn't lead it verbatim he 
he wrote he read it out and he switched in words where they should have been different ones and he say make it make it um it's all to do with drugs and, and music so it's like my kingdom come forever be drugs stuff like that you know i can't remember it that was but anyway if yeah. that was what he was reading I, I bet it went down a blast well it didn't it was actually incredibly awkward mate <laughs> uh, honestly uh, i was watching it i was just creasing for the bloke because i think he he expected i mean the band were probably hyping him up like Yes, yeah, no, this is lad. This is your big Casper, moment. You're going to come out and you're going to kill it. The crowd are going to be up from we just played to Kingdom Come. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they're going to be buzzing. They, they come out like these. Just the crowd is dead. The crowd is dead. They've just heard to Kingdom Come. Uh, it's fallen flat. Yeah, he came he comes out. Up on he got stage. like one applause, like two laughs. Yeah, it's Dylan front row, he walked, oh, yeah. uh, and he's sketching. Ringo he's Star sketching. Oh, <laughs> Ringo's Dylan. on his face front row laughing. <laughs> so at least someone liked it. Anyway, that's the kingdom Dylan, come. Dylan's three beers down, screaming Hey Jude out of tune, <laughs> thinking this this could be a hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it just didn't hit with me. You know what I do have to say about it? Me. Yeah, you got any... Let's go to track three, in a Station. That is- <laughs> <laughs> um, right. <Yeah. laughs> We're on to track three, it's in a Station. I like the the metaphors with this bad boy. Again, weak hook, like a lot of the songs. Um, we're we're deeply in search of a hook on this album. Oh yeah, so three tracks in, Tears of Rage had a slight hook. Yeah, but honestly, I didn't really need it because it was so cool anyway. Yeah, the Kingdom Come lacked that. In the station, lacks it as well. But it's kind of twee, um, sonically. The music, <laughs> the instruments. That is gibberish. Instruments, that is gibberish. <laughs> the instruments, um, they use like they use a banjo. A piano. Mm. Um, it's not a very cool song, but like the lyrics, there's like metaphors. He's clearly traveling. He's in a station. Maybe he's stuck in purgatory. Do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, I, I, I you know, the track didn't really hit home for me too much, but there was a, some of the lyrics I kind of liked. Absolute shock there. Yeah. There's some of the lyrics I quite liked. I think the fact that it's obviously set just in a station gives it this kind of like, like really mundane feel to it. And it's obviously just like a really existential moment for him. Like he, he talks about all these images, like these really disjunct images, um, like the one about the children uh, sounding the same. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go read through the lyrics, I haven't got them up in front of me. And is this is job? all off the top yeah. of my memory. Uh, I haven't written these down. I'll be better prepared for Taylor Swift next week. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, because we've got lots of lyrics to go through there, which are some of the best Suspect. ever written. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 99, so... Yeah. It's better than this, uh, according <laughs> to Rolling Stone. <laughs> it is. Um, um, yeah. yeah, no. Um, and then there's another one. The one that really sat with me um, was, I could sing the sound of your laughter, but I still don't know your name. Which I thought was just a really... I just felt that was um, sort of really knowing someone, feeling like you really know someone um, and not really knowing them at all. Just you knowing deep almost... down that you can never really know what someone else is thinking or... Yeah. You can never really understand anyone around you. I felt they, they captured that really well. It's a really eerie I'm seeing, track. I'm seeing um, imagery similar to, a metaphor similar to Tears of Rage. Yeah. Maybe a this kind of disconnect. Maybe a generation yeah, yeah. disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, yep, yeah. I, could, I noticed maybe that, that the themes of Tears of Rage sort of seep and filter out throughout the album. Yeah. Because the intro song is so strong. Yeah. They always, they seem to reference it and come back to it quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, there are a few tracks yeah. In in this, like on we can talk as well. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, literally, there is a sort of like pervading 
generational anxiety. Can we soundbite that? Yes, mate. That's Can gold. we soundbite that? That was quality. Oh God. Right, can I write that down? Rolling Stone just stole that, mate, and put it in there. <laughs> 21. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I the, the just like continues throughout the album. And this is one of the tracks that particularly comes through on. Um, so yeah, this track wasn't the, wasn't my favorite. Not really there, a bop either. No, you wouldn't put it on. Are we going with any of these as a bop? Yeah, you know, I we get to it. I think. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Next one. I know you like this track. I, I know like you've been you've been subtly raving about this track all week, saying this. You know, it's the great. lyrics for lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah. Pretty like, what? Go on then. They, Tell us about it. Well, um, the bit of lore on the album. No, take, I don't, sorry, take your album, time. Take your time with it. <laughs> I won't. It's called Caledonia Mission. Cal- by the way. track four, Caledonia Mission. I've got to say. Um, and this one, the lyrics. There's a lot of double entendres, and it talks. It tells the story of the band meeting a soothsayer, um, who's telling all sorts of fortunes, misfortunes um, about their future and things. And um, I believe, well, you, what was it? Did you get that thing about the band getting pulled over? Yeah, yeah, there was, um, there was basically, it's, it's actually on um, an episode uh, in, the le- in the early 60s of Border Force, uh, <laughs> where basically the band Bollocks. get pulled over um, on the border from US to Canada um, for drug possession uh, because one of their mates tipped off the, um, the border Snake, control. Rat Ro- rat. Robert Robertson is there and he's pulled over and obviously with a name like that, Border control think that he's carrying a fake ID, yeah. uh, and it basically—I mean—you well, should watch it for yourself. First names, mate. Robert yeah. Robertson. Yeah, there's no way you're real. real. There's no way you're real. Um, uh, but yeah, if you want to catch that clip, it's on YouTube. Anyway, they get away with it. They get away with it. He yeah. had loads of drugs in them. Um, one of the members, Richard Manuel, uh, Manuel, sorry, he was actually a really—I mean, I think they were all on drugs. Realistically, they looked think, off yeah. it. On the, they looked a bit off it on the the, the film. Yeah, Martin. when I when I skipped through that film, there were parts <laughs> of it which I was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're not quite so there. So one of them actually, quite sadly, Richard Manuel, um, he actually committed suicide. Uh, he was a massive heroin addict, drug addict. Mm. And, you know, I was mulling over this song and I thought it's kind of weird. It's almost like a, um, an, unnes- an accidental uh, look forward into sort of the tragic passing because they, they didn't actually get arrested or stopped for that drug possession. And eventually it was the drugs that killed Richard. And maybe they they had to have been stopped or had some sort of intervention. I mean, is this drivel? Can uh, I? It's, it's conjecture. It's, it's conjecture. Just, yeah, yeah. You're just coming up with something that doesn't really make sense. I just sense. thought about it now, really. And I, yeah, I quite I, like the way it fits. Yeah. I mean, we'll put that in yeah, for yeah. sure. It has to be. It has um, to be. The lyrics, cool. Double entendres. Go to see a soothsayer. It's like, I like when they tell stories. This is a good story. Um, yeah, you like when they do when on they Long tell Black stories. Vale, um, which is coming up next. Yeah, it's coming up in a bit. Uh, yeah, I love storytelling songs to be honest, and I quite rate this tune. Yeah, this tune again didn't really hit for me. It didn't really hit, but th- I do like the story. I do like the whole like double yeah. entendres between yeah. the soothsayer, the occult, which is a theme throughout the album, and um, mm. and obviously getting pulled over. Um, but yeah, I think it's best moving on to the next one. <laughs> um, Subtle. <laughs> right. Oh. You ready? You know what's coming. I know, mate. You know what's coming. It's 147 million views. 173, you get it right. 173 pl- million plays on Spotify from Redneck Plays on Spotify. It's of the track. Weight. We on track five? I think we are. It's yeah. the weight. Now, if you don't know the weight, then you don't know music because this is an absolute <laughs> hit. Well, I don't know music, mate. 
we were talking about this, um, you know, because obviously we can't discuss this before the podcast, but we are like, there are a couple on there which have like a ridiculous amount of views. This does. And like back in the, back in the 70s, the, uh, the 60s, were they just like looping this, like going on, playing the record, coming back well, and just playing we, it again? Well, you know, we say we'll, we've been desperately searching for a hook. Yeah. This, this is the hook. This is the only hook on the it's album. It's like if this album were a song. Yeah. Let's get to the hook. Let's get yeah, to the weight. Yeah, it's like, let's get to the weight. Let's just skip to the weight. And everyone back there in the 60s was just like, they were like, we've got to like the band because like, you know, they were Dylan's Dylan's backup band. And they listened to this album that like up until the weight, they were like, oh my God, this is trash. How am I going to go to my mates and be like, this is one of the best albums If I put this on at a party, I could put on like a banging Dylan song, a banging Hendrix, Santana. Yeah. They're going to smack their biggest song. Put this on, skip. Skip, skip, skip. But when you put the weight on, everyone there is like, this is sick. Is this the weight by the band? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like, yeah, the one with the hook. Yeah, yeah the that's one the, the one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. so it's a classic. It's a big boy ballad, um, which I just can't quite fall in love with, I'll be honest. My no. favorite part of it, there's a nice descending piano riff at the end of the chorus, which hits. Yeah. And it's catchy for once. Um, but does it justify the, the streams? No, I don't know who's streaming this. My my guess hey. is the surviving members of the band, <laughs> because I, I don't I don't really know who this who this resonates with. Or a farm with. in China, or stream a f- farm, <laughs> uh, stream. one of the two. Yeah, I think they famously own a stream farm, the band <laughs> in China. Oh uh, um, yeah, they, I've got some interesting background on this one. Yeah, it was inspired by a filmmaker called Louis Buñuel, um, who made films critiquing organized religion. Um, and this obviously aligns with a lot of what we've been talking about on the album yep. so far. Caledonia mission. And yeah, a lot of what we've brushed over because we don't really know what to say about it. To fill a cum. But yeah, this uh, it was inspired by, you know, this this kind of critique of organized religion. That's why you have these kind of, you know, uh, double meanings of Nazareth. Lyrics, yeah. So Nazareth, um, the opening lyrics are, roll in Nazareth. And uh, Richard Danko, one of the lead members, favorite. Um, guitar shop in Woodstock was called Nazareth. I'm sort of telling you, like, they, they, they're maybe not as religious as it may seem. They, they care about the music more. Mm. That's mm. not very deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, it was okay. There's lots of characters that appear through it that, I mean, you can trudge through uh, if you like because there's lots of readings on these characters. Yeah. But we, um, well, I said, oh, I've got a few. I've got, isn't there like, um, isn't there like, God, we're prepared. No. Scatman. I was thinking Scatman John, but it's Crazy Chester. Was it? And we know it's a strange that because Scatman John is one of the most influential. Um, the band actually saw him as one of the greatest influences on the uh, on the Big Pink. So it's strange to not see him get a mention. It is. It is. Um, um, also, yeah, Crazy Chester. Quite and, weird and lyrics Annie. as well when they say the chorus is "Take a load off Fanny," um, and people say. You hit that, man. I did, I know. I fucking did it. Uh, <laughs> um, take a load off. Do you think he's saying take a load off Annie? Or do you think he's saying take a load off Fanny? That's up for debate. And Fanny, at the time, was a common um, common name for the clap. Uh, so gonorrhea. Mm. Take that what you will. Because uh, I can't take much of it. But Genius Lyrics did. Genius Lyrics <laughs> yes. loved that. Up. That's the kind they of double meaning it that, you know, Absolutely pays for them. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that. I got I got take a load of Fanny. Just so did I. So did I. Just because there was a lots of there was lots of you know characters throughout. I think it makes the song better as well. Uh, if they start singing about an STI halfway through, I think what the fuck? Is 
Yeah, I mean, at 172 million views, yeah. or 76, whatever it is, this really song isn't about close. to clap. <laughs> yeah. This song is a hit. Um, not a good one. It's a hit. It's a hit. As I, yeah, I, I can't see this as not a us. sort of um, an Ed Sheeran B-side. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're and that's huge. generous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Then we're going to get slayed. Again, apologies to any band fans out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're talking down to the band a lot, but to be honest, we, whatever we talk, whoever we talk about in this podcast, we have it's great respect opinions. for. We have yeah. great respect Look, for. They're top 100 for a reason. They are Not for sure a reason. Why. And we, <laughs> what reason, we but... clearly, you know, we, we, we've probably grown up uh, at a different time in a different society. Let's we stop don't backtracking. Really fuck with. it. That's well, yeah, hey, we're just going with right. it. We're just going with it. <laughs> episode, shit. Not episode six. Track six. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk. Okay. This one, bit of a bop. Realistically, sick lyrics. Um, mm. Again, I think this is a sister song with Tears of Rage. Because the lyrics about we can talk. We can talk about things perhaps we couldn't talk about years ago. These are generations finally mm. opening up on subjects that were off, they were off, uh, they were off limits before. Like yeah. drugs. Um, there was that lyric. What was that lyric about? I think it was about LSD. Somebody with oh yeah, did you kiss um, that as well? I've got that written down. Actually, one of the few lyrics I've got written down. Amazing. Uh, it seems to Go me ahead. that we've been holding something underneath our tongues. I'm afraid if you ever got a pat on the back, it would likely burst your lungs. Yes. Definitely some Obviously LSD references LSD. going on there. Which and, obviously and we, the, the podcast doesn't condone. No, obviously not. No, obviously no, no. not. Um, yeah. So we can talk. Good melody, suspect lyrics, um, which I'll get into later. Uh, we were doing a, we'll be doing a segment at the end um, where we talk about worst lyrics on the album. Yeah. But did you get anything else in the lyrics? Yeah, I got, I got a sort of um, tone of racism, anti-racism. <laughs> okay. The, uh, the, <laughs> I, I think then. fits. I think it fits with it. No, I, it definitely I was, does. I was about to cancel the band right then. No, he uh, really did. <laughs> um, no, because I, I think it fits with what you're saying about this being like a sister track to um, Tears of rage. rage. Yeah. yeah. And when I say the suspect lyrics, it was just, just a weird line because the rest of them I do think are actually really good. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's obviously this talk about like, you know, um, we don't we can talk about it now, just that, that sort of... I mean, I picked up now. the title there because I couldn't, I couldn't find any of the, the other, ones other lyrics when I was glancing at them. Um, but the fact that you know you can simply just talk about things that you can talk about before yeah Um, and then there was there was a a, an interesting analysis online about you know um, sort of talk of anti-racism in this song so yeah if you want to look into it a bit of plagiarism Uh, (laughs) track seven Long Black Veil I'm going to kick off with this one because it took me on a roller coaster of emotions yeah so I first listened to this I put it on I was like shit are you really I mean I, I like that they're going for genres Straight up, it's an obvious country song. He had this sort of corny twang. And I was like, oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not looking forward to this tune. Then I listened to the lyrics. I was hooked. Mm. There's a massive twist halfway through. Well, early on. Basically, the song um, is about a man who gets seen running away from a crime. The whole town thinks that he did it. He goes to court. And the judge says to him, um, look, I think you might be innocent. There's only one way to get out of this. The man ain't innocent. The only way to get out of this is to give us an alibi and we'll let you go. And the man then speaking to the listener says, I wish I could have given my alibi, but I was in the arms of my best friend's wife. Plot twist. Big plot twist. Catch 22. Caught between a rock and a hard place. Literally. 
and uh, the um, the next lyric cuts to the woman in a long black veil over his grave. Um, obviously, come to visit him now that he didn't confess, and obviously she's feeling remorse. And I thought, well, that's a great story. Shout out the band, you've actually smashed it there. Then I went to have a Google sesh, Bing, would you will? Um, <laughs> and uh, on the following research, I discovered that this wasn't their song. Uh, they stole it. Well, I wouldn't jo- say I wouldn't say stole. It's actually a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, but we're not going to go with stole uh, on that one. It's close to it. I um, I'm it's sure a cover. It's, it's a cover. It's a cover. That's the, go with that's, the cover. Yeah, in layman's terms. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So I was, does, yeah, that, I was, does that mean that? And it sucks because I really liked it. I thought it was sick. I hate country. Uh, it's just bad blues. Um, but then, you know, I liked the lyrics, and then I fell off the cliff because it wasn't their tune. Scathing from Dan about country there. Just completely dismisses it. Email us, mate. Email, email I'll, I'll, email, I'll be Do emailing it. in. Do it. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really, I felt the same about this track. I really thought it was a strong story. I feel like a lot of this album is just gibberish. You don't really know where it's <laughs> the whole go- album. Well, yeah, well, like you, you give it a listen. You're <laughs> oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I do. The theme. I do there love isn't the strongest theme. I do usually love um, tracks where you you kind of have to give it a three or four listens to really understand the lyrics or like you you kind of pick new meanings out of the lyrics every time. But there's a real charm about this one. Like it was really simple, really yeah, easy it's to fresh, understand. Fresh, isn't it? When you're halfway through the album, and yeah, you're when, the story, you, when you when you're you nodding just, off. Um, <laughs> When you're nodding off um, six tracks deep, yeah. um, and then this comes on you, you're hooked immediately. Yeah. Uh, so agree. yeah, I really like this. It it doesn't really take away uh, for me the, the fact that it's a Johnny Cash tune. Okay. I feel like um, they they made the you know what they will of it, um, and they've made it into a great song. What I will say is in my notes I did say, however, it does sound completely different from any other versions of the song that's been done before. So well, there you go. I do I did appreciate that that if you listen to the to the cash version, and it, other people have covered it, obviously. I think it's just a great story, clever twist. Um, mm. So I think, you know, the band did, did a good job with it. It's just I was just disappointed because I thought, wow, they've dropped gold. Okay, mm. moving on to track eight. Uh, approaching the end of the uh, album now. This is Chest Fever. Oh. I think this is a straight slapper. I can't actually think of a song that sounds anything like it, right? The organ is used like a guitar at the end and it's drowned in layers of instruments. Awesome, solid um, singing, like nice hook, nice vocal harmonies between all the band, which I really like about the band is they don't have one lead singer. They yeah. all sing, they all play instruments. And like, there's not many bands at the moment that you can think that do that. What, they like pass? They play instruments yeah, I mean, and sing. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking greats of that, it's got to be like 1D, yeah. uh, Union J and <laughs> the band. Vamps. Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't bring that one up. Slow City. Don't come to mind. Yeah, shout out to the Slow City. Yeah, give them a listen And uh, Trigos. Uh, <laughs> Dan's band that had success That's in the early, early noughties. noughties. Yeah. yeah, we won't get into that now. Yeah, it's um, not the time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the lyrics are absolute gibberish. Um, but other than that, I think it's pretty sick. What about you, mate? Yeah, this this uh, this was one of the bigger bangers mm-hmm. on, the, on the record, I feel. Love um, the organ. So keep going. Yeah, I really love the organ in this. I love the instrumental. I didn't get the lyrics. I don't think anyone would. It's just chat. There's no direction to the lyrics. They're going all over the place. I think. Should one I them... read some out? Yeah, read some of read some of them out. Yeah, so we can so get a feel for this. She stoned, said the Swede, and the moon calf agreed. I'm like a viper in shock with my eyes in the clock. 
any thoughts that on that, please email in. Yes. Because, I mean, we've sat here, I'm sure you've sat with it for a bit and tried to I work out what he's saying. Email in. Yeah, email in if you know what it's on about. If you have that we much really spare no time, idea. you sad man, email in. Oh, hey, woman. There we go, losing woman. listeners. Losing <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, funnily enough, um, in, a, in an interview in the 80s, someone asked Robertson um, what he thought of the lyrics to, to Chess Fever. And he, he was like, are there lyrics to Chess Fever? <laughs> as far as he's concerned, it's just them saying things. Um, because that's how he wanted the song to sound. Mm. Just like free-flowing music and the lyrics to nothing and anything. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel Good like if he's, if he's just vibing, he's just vibing. Yeah, it's vibe, bro. Uh, and it works with the song, actually. Peace and love, when bro. you think of it like that, oh, did you really just do that? I, I just, obviously, this isn't filmed right now, but Dan just threw up a peace sign uh, and said peace and love. I've never seen him do that in my life. So obviously, the band, the band is... Sending Chess Fever just path. got me vibing, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> See, this, if I was, if we're back in the, we're talking, taking it back to the 60s again, where you rock up to a party and you've got your record collection, you're like, right, I'm in the decks tonight. I'm putting Chess Fever on. You're putting Chess, are you putting Chess Fever or the weight on? You know, I'm not really, because I'm getting out my Dylan and getting out my Hendrix. No, but if, <laughs> let's say like, you know, your Dylan and your Hendrix, Forgotten them. they're scratched. It's on shuffle. It's on shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going with? What are you going with? Are you going with chest fever chest or the weight? I'm going with chest fever. Okay. Okay. I, I think, think that's because I'm I've kind got of a... cool, mate. And I'm like that. I don't listen to mainstream songs like that. Any, I think anyone who says that is kind of uh, doing exactly the opposite. <laughs> but, it's, well, it's all going to come out next week when we when we review Red by Taylor Swift. Oh, there you Number go. 99. Abs. Sigh. Sigh. <sighs> Yeah, can, we well, get that, can we get that sound by it? No, we'll get sound Scale down loop for an hour next week. <laughs> Sigh. Um, so, should we move on from Chess yeah, Fever? Yeah. I don't right. want to, because I love it, but we're going to have to. I, I love the next one. Time. I absolutely love this well, track. Me then. Lonesome Susie. I didn't, str- didn't strike that much with me, but you tell me why. I, I, just, I just wish we'd, you know... That's why we're I wish here. we'd connect on some of these That's tracks. why we're here, mate. Yeah. Um, this was, you know, it was a good old-fashioned um, I'm looking out for you song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I I think Sim. the yeah, I'm getting sim vibes from this. <coughs> incel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not getting too much incel vibes. I'm getting more sim vibes. Okay. But um I just felt I just felt it was a really nice track. Um you know, talking about, you know, having a shoulder to cry on. There was one lyric in this I really liked. Um I can't watch you cry no longer. If you can use me until you feel a little stronger. I guess just watching you has made, has made me lonesome too. Why don't we get together? What else can we do? I, that was... Frank Ocean and that, that reading is from uh, me, who's glaring at a screen about three or four meters from me, squinting as much as I can. Uh, so sorry if it was poorly read. But that I just felt that was a really, you know, simple sentiment and a nice lyric. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I... I uh, I just put pretty mid uh, next to it. <laughs> it's a slow one. Reminds I could, obviously Elvis influences on this. Even the title, lonesome. That, who says lonesome anymore? Elvis did. So that heartbreak hotel, my achy breaky heart. You know, lonesome. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, good, it's yeah. of its time. Um, I like the way the. I mean, I'm still getting heavy incel vibes. It never really, it didn't really hit with me because I thought it was just like another. Maybe I didn't listen to it enough. I mean, it was just another sad uh, love song. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe you're too caught up in internet culture. Perhaps. You need to you need to feel the tune. 
Yeah, it's not it's not um, Attack Dam's uh, personality after this episode. Um, you've already heard me. Wait, wait, personality. <laughs> the wait. Oh. The wait. The wait. Can we actually, can we call this episode the wait? Because it's the reason me <laughs> no, and Dan fell on. out after this episode, after I brought up the My Big wait. Mac issue. Um, okay, yeah. It's so a disclaimer for everyone listening. Dan isn't, you know. No, look, he's not fat. It's up to he's not fat. Dan, shut up. And this is especially for okay, Dan's parents. Track nine. <laughs> this wheel's on fire. Um, right, I'll kick off with this again. Big fan. Um, I say, and I know this. Dylan wrote this. Um, and it's about. Um, he co-wrote it actually with Danko. Mm. Um, it's about Dylan's crash. The wheels on fire. That is motorcycle. Um, obviously, which inspired the album. Mm. So I like the fact that it's penultimate um, because it's sort of speaking. It's not the outro, but it's speaking just before the final uh, hurrah about why this album happened and what made it um, possible. Sadly, um, awesome little synth intro, uh, which for '68. <laughs> 68 <laughs> that's the synth intro <laughs> that they used pretty cool pretty cool uh wasn't groundbreaking um but it was a rare occurrence i think since came in like in the late 50s but not many people were using them especially not in a rock uh, rock album yeah they're actually there for this synth though there was a little story about this about how um i can't remember there's a keyboard player who used to charge the rest of the band for music lessons oh yeah that was um, um that was danko don't think it was danko I think it's another one. Yeah, I think it's just Either way, uh, he he basically plugged into the into this like signal generator that went off Morse code, and it created this little synth pad, like loop that he um that he just played at the beginning, and it it does sound very different from anything else at the time. Like it reminded me of arcade games, which obviously came around in like probably eighties, nineties. Yeah. Um. So it's obviously a bit ahead of its time. Um. It's just a shame it got used on this track because this is uh. Drab. Really? Yeah, I just oh. I just didn't really like this track. I, I obviously like I I like the sentiment behind it. Maybe I got caught it. away with the synth. Maybe, maybe. I maybe. I like the sentiment behind it. I think it's interesting how, you know, that fire, that wheel on fire was the reason the band ever recorded an album. Yeah. You know, the fact it may, you know, they may not have ever done it if Dylan hadn't got injured. Yeah. Um so that was kind of interesting. Um but I just felt like it really didn't hit that much for me. As a, a lot, lot of covers of this, lot of tracks did. Um, yeah, a lot of covers of it. It's all right. Um, that's pretty cool. Okay, <laughs> just going back on oh, myself. Just... Let's go on to the outro track. The energy's low here. I shall be released. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <let's> go. <laughs> um, right, outro. Yes, outro. We made it. <laughs> that's how I felt listening to this. Um, <laughs> I uh, shall be released summed up how I was feeling at the end of this album when I realised there was only three minutes left of it. I shall be released. <laughs> um, co-wrote by Dylan again. Um, I like this one. I think I really like it because of the film, The Last Waltz. They ended with it. They had Ringo on the drums, Spaz Dickley playing along, just off beat. They had uh, Clapton coming in. They had all, everyone on stage and they were playing it. It's like the end of their performances, the end yeah. of their first album. I Shall Be Released. It's got sort of like a moany outro song. It doesn't hit very hard, but it's quite emotional. And I, I enjoyed it. What about you, mate? Yeah, I, I, I thought this is a nice finish to the album. I just thought it was a really somber track, really simple it's lyrics. Somber, yeah. um, about, um, well, I kind of read into it as like being released from prison. Uh, read into that how you will. I mean, obviously, you know, you could read into it about, you know. Would you make that a soundbite for you when you just haven't read up about things? 
<laughs> I'm telling you, this this week, um, this week will be the last week that I don't read up about an album properly. You're, you're losing your job, mate. I'm losing. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first warning uh, for, <laughs> because we've we've got people waiting to come in on this, this can podcast. be a solo podcast. Uh, in three episodes' time, it's going to be Dan and Ringo Starr singing <laughs> opposite true. each other because uh, he's looking for a gig. I've heard. <laughs> Um, but no, I kind of like this. I kind of like this um, uh, track to finish off. Yeah. Um, I felt it summed up the album perfectly. It was just somber. It was eerie. It had this feeling of like, you know, yeah, the genre uh, on this one. Distant like, hope. I got a bit of Sinatra on this. I got a bit of um, bit of sad Elvis again, like Lonesome Susie. It was again like almost like an amalgamation of genres on the album onto one song. And it had the organ, um, guitar. All sorts of instruments and all of them harmonizing. Um, yeah, but like like I said, I think that's why I really sort of respect the band for the different talents that they have. Mm. Right, <clears throat> yeah. And any oh, okay. any last thoughts on that before we go? Any on last to... thoughts? I think uh, no. I'm 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 kind of glad to leave. Not glad. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm happy to leave that behind and uh, move on to our final thoughts on this. No, we... I think let's first hit ourselves with favorite lyrics. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I, I just kind of want to introduce this to everyone. Yeah, At sure. the end of each podcast, yeah. we're gonna we're obviously gonna rank it in our in our dark listed fantasy. Yeah, um, we're, we're also gonna list. give our favorite lyrics, our worst lyrics, um, and uh, also our favorite track. Yeah, um, which has obviously been spoiled by me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I th- well, let's go with favorite lyric. What's your favorite lyric, Dan? Uh, spoiler: I've already said it. It's she stoned, said the Swede, and the moon calf agreed. I'm like a viper in shock with the eyes in the clock. And you know why? It's because this album is gibberish. And so's that line. Yeah. But I think they, they fit in so perfectly. I could have chosen something about racism, about generational disparity, you know? Mm. But I thought with this album, there's one I remember. It's that, because it's absolute drivel. What about you, mate? Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I mean, um, I think... I could write an S on it. You you think you could? Yeah, not now. Uh, it's going to be waffle. It's going <laughs> to be waffle. If you can pull any sort of meaning out of that, I reckon you can. I wrote ten thousand words on um, religion and Kendrick and Kanye. I can do it, man. Oh, I can that's do a it. Flex. <laughs> Soul flex. Uh, yeah, we got some. We got some extended episodes coming up. We got <laughs> to pimp a butterfly. That's a five hour special, and then we got blonde Wonder. at seventy eight, which is a twelve hour cry. Uh, a cryathon. <laughs> cry fest. <laughs> so tune in. Yeah, tune in. Bring uh, your mum. <laughs> bring your ex bring your ex bring anyone bring, <laughs> bring anyone. your ex um, right favourite lyrics right uh, yeah for me see I was going to go with something off Lonesome Susie but I'm, I'm actually going to go with Simp. something off my favourite track which is Tears of Rage um, and I'm oh. just going to go with the with the chorus which was it was also very painless when you ran out to receive all the false instruction which we never could believe and that's not the chorus but it is a part of the song I kind of Liked because I was reading about it about like people going off to institutions, going off to college, um, and coming home with different uh, sort of understandings of it does kind of resonate a bit. I think it does resonate. I think when you why it's the best track. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think if you if you grow up in sort of a small town or grow up somewhere where there isn't like that kind of like you know sort of general apathy about the way you approach things, and you go to an institution or anything like that. It does change your viewpoint on things when you come back to um, come back to your small town. I yeah, felt there's a lot that. of small towns going to colleges. You know, to Harvard, yeah, yeah. Going to big cities in America. Yeah, and I felt that that, that that was a really poignant lyric. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I go with that one for me. It especially works, I think, with the uh, just on that with the generational frustration. Yeah. Because it's literally parents sending their kids off. Maybe it's something that someone that agreed with everything that they thought before mm. they went, coming back with a fresh set of ideas, then being struck with this sort of different person. Yeah, yeah, it's it's literally like meeting a new person. It yeah. feels like I think they get that kind of feeling nailed down in the track. Hundred percent. Okay, let's go with worst lyrics, mate. You go first. Right. Take your time, dead air. Can we have some more dead air, please? Hold on. <laughs> Absolute car crash. Car crash. Um, you go with your. Yeah, I think Actually, I hold on. <laughs> okay. Hold on. And Save the crickets. It. Worst lyric for me is off Chess Fever, which is gonna it's gonna tear Dan up. It's That's his favorite me track. Already, mate. Um, I know she's a tracker. Any Scarlet would back her. Choose. They say she's a chooser, but I just can't refuse her. Yeah. I've actually got those on my wall. Really? Yeah. That's really hurt. Just below my big <laughs> Mac boxes, the empty big Mac boxes, mate. You got it just below your pulp pulp fiction <laughs> poster. <laughs> And uh, and your map of the world, with pins in places you've yeah, been. The scar, what this? You scratch the scratch map. Yeah, <laughs> uh, gold scratch map. Yeah, it's just next to it. Uh, why yeah. why are they your favourites, mate? Uh, no, they're they're my they're my least. Oh, sorry, favorite. why I, I just felt that they they were just poor. I just felt like they were like right. Anything. I need something to rhyme here um, with chooser, and I've gone with refuser. <laughs> um, I think that may be what they meant though. Do you remember when Robertson said um, we're just improving? We're just improving. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but then I, I, some other times in the album, they actually come up with some good lyrics, so they're obviously True. capable of it. So I just see it as kind of like sort of lazy writing. I can understand that. Um, so yeah, no, I go with that one for me. What about you? We staying on my wall. Um, least favorite lyrics. This is off "We Can Talk," which I think was actually my second favorite track. Um, and it was, "Will you ever milk a cow?" Brackets mm. milk a cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had well, I had the chance one day, but I was all dressed up for Sunday. Um, I mean, in, stunning. It's stunning. It's stunning. I don't know if they were trying to throw us off with this absolute drivel or this just pure mundane. Well, did you ever milk a cow? I think the fact that what did it for me was when in the chorus in the background they sort of like an ad lib, sort of like amigos. Yeah. It. it was like we milk a cow. Milk a cow. I mean, <laughs> doesn't hit uh, for me. Yeah, it's pretty poor. Yeah, um, no, I can see how that was. That's a pretty poor. I mean, yeah, you could look into the meaning of that, but do I want to? No, they're just talking about milking cows mm. and having to go to church. Um, right. So, should we do our final thoughts on this before we wrap it up? Yeah, let's just quickly with favorite song. I think we both said what our favorite yeah, songs are. It. It. I'm going to go with um, Tears of Rage. Yep, nice choice. And I hate to agree with you because it's a bit boring, but. You can't really look at any others, can you? Chest no, fever, no. and we can talk. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm not. You're not asking me to, but I'm going. No, no, you go ahead, mate. You go ahead. <laughs> Tears of rage, um, chest fever, and then mm. we can talk in that order. Okay, well, you got any final other thoughts? No, I'm. I'm, go I'm just gonna go with. Uh, sure, We've spoken about it enough. Miles Tears above of rage. the rest. Great, great song. Okay, yeah. Final thoughts. So, top 100. Would you put it there? Well, I mean, it's episode one, so it's number one for me. Yeah, it's number one um, for me. And the list is looking pretty poor so far. It's looking like Can't when you first just downloaded uh, iTunes, yeah. um, when you're about 13 or 14, you've just got like one or two. 
You've got the you know, U2 like album. Yeah, the U2 free album. I'm going to be honest, the U2 free album, which I've occasionally listened to by accident, I would place above this. Right, on the list. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to rush back and listen to any of the tracks in a hurry, are you? No, I, no. yeah. Um, would I point to it and say, to any sort of music enthusiast and say, this is quite a cool 60s album. I quite can't put your finger on it, rock amalgamation of genres. Yes. When will that come up in my life? Never. Never. So, you know, it, it sits where it is for for me, quite low down of albums I've listened to to go back to. Some nice hits, some nice themes on it. And I've really, what I will say is that I've really grown to respect, perhaps more than the album, the band themselves. Mm. You look past the pretentious name. Um, and you look at the members and you can see they're all so talented and clearly. And I think it sort of made me, when I was watching The Last Waltz, and they, they were on stage. Their stage presence was was pretty bang average. Yeah. But you know what they did have? They had like a swagger about them. Um, it was an effortless swagger, which sort of is completely the complete opposite to sort of rock rock bands of today or even at the time. So you think of different kinds of cool that there have been with rock bands or even just artists in general. You've got Robert Plant, lead singer Led Zepp. So cool. So much stage presence. He's in the room. Right, he's in the room, yeah. Um, yeah. You've got Alex Turner, who clearly tries. He does succeed to be really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Harry Styles, um, MJ. These are really cool people. Um, then you've got, maybe nowadays, you've got a sort of different tongue-in-cheek, I don't give a fuck kind of cool. Yeah. Like Tyler. Yeah. Um, like ASAP. Like people like that who try and take the piss a little bit. Just really like the Wolfgang lot. Um, and, but these lads the band they just sort of all there on stage mm. in the studio it, it looks like a jam sesh and i think the album always feels like a jam sesh um yeah of just like really talented artists playing music they want to play and that's why i really like them maybe more than the album itself yeah i, I feel like i got to agree with you on that one i felt i was falling in not i wouldn't say falling in love but i'd say i was growing to like the <sighs> band and not growing to like the album like the band clearly, you know, it's it's all summed up in the way that they sort of pass around the vocal line. There is this kind of communal feel to the way they perform, to the way they write music, which obviously people really like. Some of the greats absolutely love it. They think it's so honest. They think it's so different um, from what any, you know, label wanted at the time. You know, it, it's really breaking the mold. Um, but for me, the album just doesn't have that, kind of edge to it which i think really you know aligns with that very well like there's some tracks on it which i just will never listen to again like they are so like they're such filler yeah and you'd expect like a top 100 album to have no filler well fun fact yeah cut you off mate um but i was checking i was reading the rolling stone list that this is of this the list we're reading is an update from 2020 um and I, the, the original top 500 album list was in 2003. And I read back to see where this album sat then. And um, mm. he actually sat at 50. Yeah. Which is, and it was 30 places higher than their second album, which in the updated list now sits at like th around the 40 mark. And this now album is 60 places worse um, in the updated version. So it's dropped about 50 places in ten year, in thirteen years, Jesus. No, in seventeen years. So one of them's obviously done something there that's got him, uh, got him a sort of reputation. Cancelled. Yeah, yeah. They may have made an appearance on uh, 
England's top 50 goals of all time on BBC. <laughs> and they got, that's going to be us. Yeah, it could be gonna us. going to be us flying down Hopefully. the podcast, top 100 podcast list of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that is a good way to wrap up. I think so too, mate. The, uh, the first episode of uh, My, My Beautiful, Beautiful Dark List of Fantasy. Fantasy. Cheers, for, cheers for joining us, boys yeah. and girls. Um, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>